Being a Better Man, episode 128. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Seventh grade was an awkward time for me. I was 12 years old. It was 1974. I was all arms and legs. My body was growing so fast that I was always just a little out of sync with it, like I was wearing somebody else's clothes all the time. Socially, going to school every day was like entering a war zone. There were all the cliques and different groups of kids I was trying to figure out how to navigate through without compromising my position on the pecking order. It was really quite exhausting. Every day at school was like going through a gauntlet of threats and insults, taunts and jibes, and then deciding how to best respond to each one. There were fights and rumors of fights. Alliances were formed and dissolved several times throughout each day. If you were real lucky, you might have two or three friends that you could count on no matter what, but everything else was a crapshoot. Then there were the girls. Around seventh grade was when I first started really admitting to myself that I liked girls a lot. I couldn't really define why I liked them yet or what I was supposed to do with them, but I seemed to fall in love several times a week. Over the slightest of things, I would become smitten by the tiniest gesture, like the way a girl would smile or laugh, the way she looked at me in passing, or the way she walked, how she chewed her gum. It really didn't take much to spark my interest in those days. My problem with girls was that I didn't really know how to talk to them or what to say. It was like they were an entirely different creature whose language I didn't yet understand. For example, there was one girl I liked a lot. Her name was Connie. And instead of talking to her, I would lightly punch her in the arm every day. It wasn't a hard punch. It wasn't intended to hurt her. In my tiny caveman brain, punching her in the arm accomplished many things. For one... It got her attention. It forced her to notice me. The second thing it did was allow me to touch her. For that split second when my fist was on her shoulder, we were touching. And that seemed like a good thing in my still primitive mind. I thought we had a pretty good arrangement, until the day she finally got fed up with it and kicked me in the crotch so hard that I crawled to the bathroom and passed out for 30 minutes. The next day, as a means of getting back at her, I told her that my parents had taken me to the doctor, and he had told me I would never be able to have children because of the kick I had received. She began crying hysterically from guilt, and I let that go on for about five minutes before telling her that I was just kidding. 
and then she chased me around for the rest of the day trying to kick me again. It was great fun. And that's what life was like when I was 12. It seemed like everything you did or said was a big deal. News traveled fast through the school, and a reputation could be won or destroyed with the slightest error in judgment. One of my classes was reading class. As the title implies, all we did in this class was read, and occasionally we would do a book report or something. The teacher was Mr. Cheney. He was a tall, lanky guy with an uncombed mop of coal-black hair, which was contrasted by his ghastly white skin, as though he had never been outside in his life. Even when he was close-shaved, the blackness of his beard showed under his skin and turned his face sort of a blue underneath. He never talked to us much. He may have actually been born without a personality. Not sure. He just sat up at the front and read during the entire class. He was reading. We were reading. Nobody talked. It was an extremely quiet classroom. There were about 30 kids in the class, and my seat was right in the middle of the room. And one day, as I was reading, I felt like I had a little bit of gas. I tried to ignore it, but the pressure was building. This bit of gas was quickly maturing into a full-blown fart of potentially epic proportions, and I knew I would not be able to control it forever. I had become somewhat of a master of the silent but deadly technique, a technique in which you manipulate your posterior anatomy in such a way as to allow the gas to escape without making any sounds. I decided to give that a whirl. So, in the deadly silence of reading class, I got into position and I let her go. But something went horribly wrong. What should have been as silent as a gentle breeze sounded more like a chainsaw starting up. It was incredibly loud and it seemed to be amplified by the hard plastic seat I was sitting on. The pristine silence of reading class had been violently violated. People jumped in their seats, startled by the noise, and then every head in the room swung toward the center of the class where I was sitting. I tried to do the same thing, to look in another direction, as though my gaze would shift the blame off of me. But because of my placement in the center, I couldn't get away with it. Every direction I looked in were people looking back at me, so I just stared at my desk in resignation. And then I started hearing groans and gasp from my fellow students as the methane bomb I had released began radiating outward from my location. One by one, students were standing up, hands over their nose and mouth, and they were heading for the door. I have to admit, as far as bad smells go, this one was up there in the top three of all time. It was pretty bad. I just remained motionless, staring at my desk. I didn't know what else to do. As people were filing out of the room, I would catch some of the looks they shot at me. They ranged from pity to total disgust. The last one out of the room was Mr. Cheney. He didn't say anything. He just shook his head as he walked by. And then I heard the door close, and I was all alone, sitting in the middle of an empty room, basting in my own filth. 
I turned around and looked at the door. It was a typical classroom door with that one tall skinny window in it. There were three faces of kids stacked up in the window just looking at me. Occasionally one face would leave only to be replaced by another. It was about 20 minutes before everyone started coming back in again. No one spoke to me. It was as though I had sunk so low on the social pecking order that I wasn't even worthy to be spoken to. I had become an unclean, untouchable, unspeakable thing. At least that's how I felt. I got through the rest of the day somehow, and I was certain I had caused irreparable damage to my reputation that would follow me until I was an adult. For the rest of the week, I would hear remarks and comments made about it. A few insults were shot my way, but I expected that. And then the weekend came. Weekends were kind of a magical thing in that they seemed capable of purging the memories of people, wiping them clean. By Monday, my life was pretty much back to normal, almost like it had never happened. And that's the end of the story. But what it taught me was that time really does fix almost everything. Throughout the rest of my life, whenever I would commit some horrible blunder or social faux pas, I knew that once I got past the initial embarrassment, that everything would be okay. The passage of time would occur, and people would forget, and life would go on. It's an important lesson to remember, because sometimes people get stuck in some past action, and it affects the rest of their life. Even though time has purged it from the minds of everyone else, you're still hanging on to it, letting it define you. So with this story, I encourage everyone to remember that every day is a brand new day. No matter how bad you might have screwed up, every day is a new opportunity to start over with a clean slate and live a life that you intend. Now head out into the world and remember that. Remember to learn by your mistakes, but don't hang on to them. Do not allow yourself to be defined by the things you have done wrong. Instead, be defined by the actions you take that make you a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.